0: yeah you did because this is recording the call see
1: this is what happens when i log on to those pay by the minute sites and i do this i immediately get
0: kicked out you mean like the sex sites yeah oh yeah yeah i've always wanted to like develop some sort of virtual reality porn application or augmented reality which whichever whichever comes first
2: kind of like the void experience that we had at uh orlando mm, Uh, if they had uh i'd like to know more
0: about this void experience (laughs) that
2: does require more explanation
1: (laughs) no so so you're in a vr helmet audio over the ears. Mm -hmm. you have a backpack strapped on you're given a blaster like you're a stormtrooper and everything you see is like you're in this space adventure like you, okay. you, look, you, you look at your buddy, and he's a stormtrooper, and you go through like this maze, right? And they blast heat at you when there's lava nearby, and the ground shakes when you're on. Like it, it's like this whole immersive experience, and it's just yeah, amazing.
2: yeah. I, I've heard it's pretty dope. It's it's it is pretty special. It was a good time. Yeah, I had fun.
1: Um. Well, if fun. you haven't figured it out by now, this is the um, recap of uh, Star Wars at Disney's <laughs> script podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or it is,
1: or, or if you clicked on the right thing This is the uh, Much Ado About Nothing podcast It's a uh, podcast for the financially conscious, the politically curious And the all things nerdy millennial Across the hastily assembled Ikea table And the questionable internet connection via Skype Is the venerable Michael Painter Hello. How are you? Right. Uh, and, yeah, you're welcome And that's uh, David Dasau, The sultry and sexy voice you're hearing through that beard
0: hello everybody
1: is that the voice you were talking about Boy, if you just do that for an hour that would I, I
0: i can't um but yeah uh no thank you thank you for having me on on your show i am delighted and thrilled and honored all at the same time well i hope it works uh, i know we're <laughs> struggling to get it going the expectations are uh incredibly low you're just like i hope it works
1: (laughs) (laughs) well we don't have a great track record but um no i i mean given the the rocky start we'll just see how it goes yeah michael painters just i can see him he's just over there cringing because i know he can hear himself in his
2: his, Uh, i'm i'm working through it i'm doing very well i'm having a good time how's everybody else doing (laughs) so good (laughs)
1: All right, um, something to keep us going in just somewhat right direction. Uh, I wanted to get together with um, Michael Painter and you, um, not only because I enjoy your company as a favor, because you had me on your podcast, but I want to um, talk with you a little bit about the uh, Marvel Universe. And I know you and uh, I, David, are both fans of the movies, right? But we're not very well versed in the comic book universe.
0: You'd say that, right? uh relatively so i i just started reading comic books i'd say a year or two ago um i've kind of casually been reading for a few years but i just seriously started getting into it about a year ago and most of what i've read is like image comics so yeah uh suffice to say i'm i'm not super well-versed in marvel stuff but i have read a few things so i i can speak to some level but relatively speaking yeah
1: you know the, the good thing is we've got a Michael Painter on our team who is pretty much an expert in most Yay! of this. Yay! It, yeah, it's pretty good. So my plan for the podcast was I'm just going to wind him up and let him go for about an hour, um, if that's it's all right.
2: Sweet. So So yeah. stop, no inhales, nothing. Just so, constant. That I, I'm look,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to both hearing and seeing this. So,
1: so Michael Painter, tell me, tell me about the Iron Men. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me tell me about the hulks
2: what <laughs> so you got this guy you got this other guy
1: Hang on, I'll, I'll give you a nudge in the right direction so someone like me and david um he's already dipped his toe in but i haven't and anybody else who might come across this podcast who's a fan of the movies like so many people are right the movies gave everybody a window into the marvel universe who would have never seen it before right why should they care about the comic book side of the universe? What would you what would you say would draw somebody in who would be sort of interested in reading a picking up a comic book?
2: Well, okay, so that's curious. Um, where do I begin here? Oh man. Uh, How about um, maybe it's a
1: more complex storyline for some characters. Maybe yeah, it's, a, maybe it's I think a different lineup.
2: If you. If someone wanted to explore the books beyond the movies, I think like why you should do that is just out of curiosity for love love of the stories and, and I guess like a thirst for for more. Yeah, you know, to explore it further because you like the movies at their max are like two and a half hours, so you, you just get like kind of a snippet of these worlds that have existed I don't know, for like sixty years plus. I don't ooh. <laughs>
0: just so, making all kinds of fun noises yeah, over there. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I know, so everybody...
2: I get sound effects.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank <laughs> you, Zach. So, anybody who's been alive in the last... Since 2008 when Iron Man came out? Is yeah. that right?
2: Yeah, yeah so maybe.
1: Everybody who's paid attention since then has a pretty good idea just through cultural osmosis of, like, the anthology that leads up to, like, in-game Infinity Wars, and so on. How far back would one have to go to even pick up on the anthology to follow like the same characters through the comic book universe. So we talk like back to like the fifties, the
0: cave, the cave paintings in France, I believe <laughs> yeah. is the best place to start. Just fly on over. Look at those, look at those cave paintings. Well, that's crazy.
1: Crazy for me to think about because you've got something that goes back that far and it's just now gained this much popularity. Right. So uh, the boomers were buying these things with bubblegum baseball cards and FDR to desk, and now we have just this massive, massive marketing machine making all this money and all this popularity, right? What happened?
2: It's not that it just just exploded out of nowhere. I think these things were always big to people. They were always big to me, you know, and I, I think like being a comic book reader, appreciator, love of all of the lore, I think I was just surprised that everybody was surprised how big these things could get. <laughs> I mean, when you read them, you know, from an early age on, like you see those worlds, you can envision what they're going through, who they're battling. It was always that big, you know. And I guess uh, at some point, someone sought to capitalize on that, and and now they're introducing these comic book worlds uh, to moviegoers, and now i don't know now you can you can see what we all saw all along it's not a it's not a phase i don't think it's something that's gonna die out anytime soon it'll transform but it'll always be there just like it always was
1: sounds like it's pretty important to you
2: it is yeah and it's important to a lot of people uh just in i don't know it's just fun it's fun watching those characters come to life and. Kind of seeing where where they go, where they've been, and, and and I guess where they're going to go in the future.
1: Yeah,
2: they they left the door pretty wide open after after that in game movie uh, for the Marvel universe.
1: Sure. Uh, so, David, when you when you dipped your toe into like the comic book world, what mm-hmm. what what pulled at your heartstring? Like, what drew you into it, and what did you
0: enjoy as you started going down that road? So, I would say I. I kind of latched on to a couple big key things. The I think first and foremost was like just an, the idea of having like alternate story arcs of these characters that like I've grown to know and love through the movies because you know i'll I'll be the first to admit that, you know i I started getting into you know, comic book lore. Through the movies, you know, that's, that's how a lot of people nowadays, I think, have gotten into, you know, Marvel and DC and, and other comic, uh, comic book characters that have come to life in the big screen. And so seeing alternate storylines and uh, character arcs in in another visual medium is like really intriguing to me uh another big thing is the the actual artwork because clearly you can you can like pick up one from the 1970s and then pick up one from like the 90s and then pick up one that's a lot more contemporary one from maybe the last 10 years and like the artwork is like, cool through each iteration but they're clearly differing in style and there's just so much like history to appreciate there just through like the, the evolution of the artwork Um, that, and that's something that I've like really latched onto. Like I'll, sometimes it'll take me, Ten minutes to get through like two or three pages of a comic book because I will just mm. fucking sit there and sorry if I'm not supposed to swear. But, no, you're fine. Um, mm. I uh, I'll just sit there and like stare at the artwork just because it's it's like so fascinating mainly because like I can't do it myself. Um, <laughs> you know I, I am like a a lover of the arts. Uh, I'm not an artist. Um, so that those are kind of a, a couple key things that. Um, that I, I've really latched onto with comic books. I hope that
2: yeah.
0: answers your question a little bit. And no, that's <laughs> exactly
2: how you're supposed to appreciate and understand comic right. books. There are two stories. There's a textual story and a visual story. Right. Uh, so it should take you that long to read a book. It, yeah. You know, I don't know. There, there's just so much packed into each individual panel. And, you know, the the writer and the artist are both telling a story and, and it's, it's just fun watching how they, they, kind of weave those together you know the uh the, like the, the threading of that
1: now hang on the the writer and the artist are telling a story two separate people
2: no uh yeah usually there is a writer and there's an artist not all the time is there like one person doing it all there's really? a there's a there's a team of people there's oh a, yeah uh,
0: it's a lot
2: <laughs> it's a See, I, lot i didn't know that yeah. yeah so when you when you get to that professional level, it's like a conveyor belt. You have you have a penciler, you have an inker, you have a colorist, you have a writer, you have an editor, you have someone mm-hmm. that's paying to make all these books. Uh, yeah, it's so.
0: it's very rare that you come across an instant unless they're on a skin tight budget that everyone is doing it all or like right. two people are doing it all. It's um, yeah. Like very
2: said, rarely do you see one or two people doing everything.
0: Right. Well, I, I look at what Michael Painter's
1: doing in his projects, he is doing it all, and it takes a long-ass
2: time. Yeah, yeah, I think in the future, if I were to work with people, I would be very happy about that because, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the process, it sucks getting through it. I love doing it, but it takes so long.
1: Yeah. It, uh, it, it, seems, it seems pretty tedious, right?
2: Nah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, I think it's just a. It's a matter of amount of hours in the day. I could spend all day doing it, but I don't have all day doing it.
0: Right. Well, yeah, you you got to go,
2: still got to go to work, you know, still got to shower.
0: I mean, there's no rule that says you have to love every single second of the thing that you really enjoy doing the most or one of the things you enjoy doing the most. Like, I'd say, like, you know, 60 to 70% of the time my podcast is like incredibly frustrating, (laughs) but you know, that, that 40 to 30% is a big 30% of,
2: Mm.
0: of, of of awesomeness. So yeah,
2: that's how it is for me. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I love what I do. There there really is like, I don't know. There's very little frustration with it.
1: How many people do you think could say that they have a thing that they literally say, I love what I do. Like, surely you're not in love with bartending
2: right no right oh wait are we recording
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to say you don't like it
2: my boss is like listening to this yes yes i do i love it very much those
0: drinks and you're gonna you're gonna be happy about it (laughs) yes
2: i enjoy having people ask me if peanut butter beers taste like peanut butter (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> That does not get old. <laughs> no, it <laughs> doesn't. They
0: just they just called it a peanut butter beer for the fuck of it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it tastes like ham. They <laughs> 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 <I> just like <laughs> to fuck with you.
1: Sorry. Are we supposed to be cursing? It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> stupid stupid podcast no but it is pretty special to have to have something in your life is what i'm getting at that you can say i genuinely love doing that thing and that thing that you're doing is probably the thing that you're best at that's pretty fucking special and that's really rare everybody goes through their life not doing the thing that they're best at and that's really sad
2: i hope there are people i hope the majority of people out there are doing something that they love aside from their profession i I guess There is a difference between your business and your profession.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's also something to be said about doing something that you love regardless if you are quote-unquote good at it. Like, you don't have to be great at, like, drawing. I mean, if you just straight-up love drawing but you're not good at it, like, people need to realize that that's okay. (laughs) I mean – does that make sense? Like, I mean. Well, yeah,
2: but also like drawing is not like mathematics. There's no finite answer to any right. of that. I, yeah. It's all know. subjective. Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you something I learned from Michael Painter, that I didn't know, is that he, he he said somebody reached out to him and said, hey, can you do this project X for me? That's like an illustrated project, right? It could be a logo for a business or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But what what he had to explain to me was my his style is his style. I wouldn't go to him looking for something ultra-realistic because he's not that type of artist. Mm -hmm. I I had never thought of it like that before. I I thought that if I know an illustrator, I can go to that illustrator for an illustrative thing, and that is nowhere near the case.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I am I guess artists or drawists, as we all like to be called. Don't let them fool you. Drawist is the word. We all have very specific styles, and uh, we're more specialists than anything. So, yeah, you, you don't go to a tattoo artist if you're looking for a portrait for your family and vice versa. But yeah. uh, so, that happens every single day.
1: So what about for, for a drawist, someone at like your level <laughs> who <laughs> wants to...
0: Did you? Did you? Are you fucking with him The draw. Yes. I, yeah. Absolutely.
2: No. I'm, using no I'm not. No. You should definitely draw. Is definitely the word. I'm using it
0: <laughs> for, for for a drawist. I don't for, know if he's kidding or not. Like this is the first time God. meeting Michael Painter, so um, yeah, I I don't know if he's like actually fucking with you. Don't so I'm, I'm just All gonna right. like
2: I'll, I'll I'll sidebar complete joke. I'm very deadpan, so it's hard to keep up with. Yeah.
0: Don't try to figure him out. It. it My just wife hurt. thought
2: something was wrong with me when she first met me
0: oh Um, no i i mean i can't figure myself out so uh i i literally have no other time to dedicate to trying to figure other people out i fucking feel that in my bones but
2: i think the correct the correct term for what i do is cartoonist i just never latched onto it i don't understand it but i guess it's because i didn't go to school for what i do so i don't Mm -hmm. have i don't know what what would you call that that entitlement with my discipline you know, it's just something I, I just I've learned as I went along and I don't have like some $80,000 bill that, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm just like I'm clutching at. Yeah. Like you respect this. <laughs> no, I, I, I get
1: it. It, it. It's like when people when a pilot calls themselves an aviator. Like, OK. All right. like right. OK, I, I get it. That, that 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 title, that term is earned. Fine. But. No, yeah. calm down.
2: It's just mm. still, like a hint of bitterness in it, though. Yeah, that's, that's what I don't appreciate.
1: Yeah, you're not Howard Hughes. You you fly a very automated aircraft and sit in a chair in the sky. Let's settle down. You know, yeah. it's not. Let's keep it, keep it level. <laughs> so, so a, dr- a drawlist, a cartoonist <laughs> at your like, <laughs> at, at your level. Someone who wants to like climb. I don't know how it is for you, like climb that ladder yeah. to to get to like Marvel level.
2: To get to one of the big two. Uh I have no idea how they do it. Uh, I, I I would say you you go to some overpriced art school where they, they they teach you the techniques but also I guess teach you how to network in the industry and that's how you get jobs in there is just it's, I think it's just who you know. I, I, definitely...
0: I think it mostly involves like stalking Neil Gaiman like finding out where he lives <laughs> and just be like hey Neil hey hey Neil Hey, yeah.
2: hey, hey! Oh, you shop here too?
0: <laughs> what what kind of apples are? Oh, Granny Smith apples. Those are also my favorite. Hey, what kind of what, what's what's your shirt size? Is that too personal? <laughs> Excellent.
2: So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. It's it's just a matter of I guess like the right time, right place, right right amount of friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, uh, I follow a few artists and writers online. I have a few follow me, you know, but uh, as far as like people throwing out work, I, I don't know if that part's a mystery to me. I just kind of keep my head down and do my own projects. Um, that keeps me happy.
0: <laughs> I, I think that's uh, a a lot of the reason why the little the smaller um, comic book distributors. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, Michael, what what you'd call it, like Image and Dark Horse, like the ones that aren't as known as Marvel and DC, I don't like
2: know, like like indie uh, publishers, I guess.
0: Yeah, like I, I think that those those publishers are more inclined to to take on like, beginners, I guess, or, or, you know, people that have never been published. But, like, the thing is, like, I – when I started, like, really getting into comic books, like, I didn't make an active effort to read any DC or Marvel. Like, I, I was naturally drawn to a lot of the image comics. Um, and I know we're trying to stay on the Marvel thing here.
2: and no, that's fine. I, I like um, – yeah, I like the tangent. It's good. Uh, you
0: you go wherever you want, buddy. I,
2: I absolutely. Don't need
0: any, I don't need any structure. Keep keeping it quick. Like some of the stories in the books that that I've gotten from Image, you can tell that, especially if you buy the whole volume, where you get. A little bit of either like an afterword or a forward by the uh, the writer, or uh, kind of like a conversation piece between the writer and maybe the a few of the artists. They talk about like the development of the comic book, and you can really tell that it's it's like an underdog story for a lot of these people with indie comics like like Image or Dark Horse, where they they just had to bust their ass for several years or even decades to get to the point of getting their artwork you know published in in that capacity so i think it, it there's just an element of like you know just hauling ass and just keeping at it and and being determined um in my opinion that's that's really you know one of the one of the biggest things that you could do for yourself if you're like serious about you know getting into the world of comic books or really just anything else you know, just in general is just keep at it. Don't try and let life like bog you down because yeah. it will,
1: but y- you're fighting that battle too. I mean, you've been doing the podcast yeah. for what, three years now?
0: Yeah. it's uh, We just came up on um, three years in uh, February.
1: And I've recently noticed
0: uptick in the content. Uh, like um uh, how often we release episodes. Yeah. 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 We, we had no set schedule when we first started. Like I wanted to release like every week. Um, and people fucking laughed at me as as they should, because it was, uh, it's not a, for me, it it wasn't a very good schedule, but recently since like, I'd say the, the end of the summer, um, when we moved into our new house and I finally had like an actual recording space, I was finally able to, I, I had the physical location, and the the logistic side of it down and so that freed me up to focus more on like booking episodes or, or thinking of episode topics and booking guests if I needed or wanted guests to come on that you know they specialize in another topic so yeah it's it's just a lot of like rise and grinds like you know I'm I'm at work and I'm not thinking about work I'm thinking about the podcast like it is there's definitely times where it became a problem where you know, it was all that I was thinking about, but I guess, you know, depending on how you look at it, that can be a little bit of a good thing. You just have to, it's, it's a balancing act, you know, I feel you Michael Painter. Do you, do you kind of share that experience
1: where you're doing your day job, but all you're thinking about is really what you want to try to get done at home for your project?
2: Oh yes. Almost <laughs> daily. I, if I have a free second while I'm sitting at the bar, you, uh, and I have a thought that I need to get down that I don't want to forget. I will take out a ribbon from the computer and start Hell drawing yeah. out panels yeah. right on one of the coasters and then just stick that thing in my pocket and keep it for later. But, uh, yeah, my my mind's usually on, uh, I guess, my, my discipline most of the day. If I'm not doing it, uh, I'm just thinking about getting back to it. Yeah. That's
0: a good thing to call a discipline. I, I like that.
2: Yeah. And also – uh no one calls it drawist just just for just just for the fact it's only i'm gonna me. use that from only now me on. i'm using it too
0: yeah and i'm gonna call myself a drawist to emphasize how much i know about it which is jack squat uh,
2: that's just me i don't know i just like to needle at the things like that like it's for me it's photographer not photographer <laughs> i'm
0: also a photographer <laughs> Back, back to the
1: original. So, so really that's
0: Marvel, sure. everyone. So that's
1: Marvel, everyone. No, so it was marvelous. Looking back.
0: Oh, I see what she did
1: there. <laughs> Finish your beer. I'm gonna do some talking. So looking at where we are now in the MCU, and looking back, in what way, if you look back in the comic book universe, and I'm sorry if this is like some off the wall type of question, how has that line, that anthology? the word we looked up earlier how is that um, diverged like could someone go back into the comic books and read to where we are now
2: i think yeah uh, anthological was definitely the right word you could definitely go back and pick up every issue that every movie was based on but was it all connected in uh, chronological order absolutely not now, I think there was a plan for the Infinity War. Uh, there were, I don't know, like a handful of issues leading up to the six-part series that they had written in the 80s, I think. It was a six-part series written by Jim Starlin and drawn by George Perez and Ron Lim, primarily. They were like the, the master artists and the master writer of that. Yeah, but outside of that, that that existed in its own bubble, and obviously the in- the Infinity Gauntlet stuck. They kept it in the Marvel Universe. It continues to thwart the heroes. But uh, no, I don't think there were there were specific issues leading up to that for a long time. That's just something that kind of uh, blossomed.
1: So if I wanted to go back and look at Thor... If I wanted to start reading Thor from issue one, moving forward, I would wind up in like a completely different place. Or if I wanted to look at Captain America or Spider Man, I would wind up someplace completely different, right?
2: Absolutely, they're following their their own story arcs, and every once in a while, the the heroes will like, I guess, like. Their waves will cross, but uh, yeah, they kind of just stick to their own worlds, and and the heroes do join in and help, and occasionally they do write a big event that all the heroes join in on. But yeah, if you want to read Spider-Man, uh, it's very much immersed in his world. Captain America is very much immersed in his world, and as everyone just kind of stays in their lanes. That's cool. Yeah. I like that
0: yeah, I think, and they kind of have to do that with the movies because of um, artistic liberties and the fact that a lot of things in comic books just don't really translate that well to the big screen. so i mean, if you if you look at, I don't know, like some iteration of Iron Man or Captain Marvel or, um, or Thor like it's they're just so fantastical and you're like how the hell are we going to like make this work on the big screen so they have to like they can stick relatively close to the source material like maybe with with like parts of the origin story um, including certain reoccurring characters heroes villains etc but like that's also a fun thing with the movies is that just like different iterations throughout comic book history the movies serve as like another iteration of that comic book character so you know while you get like nods in the movie to certain things in the comic books it kind of you know all serves um on its own and what did you what anthologically anthologically that? yes Ooh, that yeah. is
1: a word that's a yes. $10 word right there yeah, yeah
0: it is like ultra heat microscopic bringing. silicone and volcano coniosis
2: but you know i think the mcu also like yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you can just cut that part out that was me being a complete a-hole <laughs> I am leaving it. I liked it. <laughs>
2: what
1: were
0: you saying? I'm
2: sorry. Oh yeah, no. I would say the MCU has kind of changed the way comic books function as a business now, because now you, I, I feel like the books are being treated as a as R&D for making movies. So they are. That's throwing. They're throwing everything out there and like throwing it all against the wall seeing what sticks and they are planning for more movies always if they're not even if they're not making them they're thinking about them does
1: anything stand out to you specifically that you can see recently that was maybe tested in the books that came all of it really
2: all of it none of it's by accident like all of it is, is in the hopes that they're going to create something organically that is just going to translate well to movies you know and the only way you do that is just like Hail Mary you throw all your artists and all your writers down the line someone's going to create something that is is going to be usable but if not <laughs> like you're just creating more content that people can digest and just keep spending money on those books but if the books don't work out you, what are you risking financially to print those versus like what are you risking to make a movie yeah
1: <laughs> you still so, got me okay can you yeah okay? yeah i got okay. you how
2: about me do i i, uh, okay.
1: I got yeah, i lost myself as all okay. i'm still hit... here oh you're always there <laughs> <laughs> whether you like it or not <laughs> like it or not he's behind you
0: it's it's um, not it's not weird
1: so well one thing i wanted to touch on david you said um some, some of your favorite characters were probably spider-man and captain america and i, I asked michael painter you said you're not super versed and like
2: that, on, on those the- characters no i'm not uh i followed spider-man when i was a kid during the maximum carnage series and uh, of course like I, I love all the movies uh But, yeah, as far as, like, religious reading of Spider-Man comics, I don't. Yeah. And not out out of of dislike. Awesome awesome character. It's just just nothing that ever got in my orbit.
1: What is in your orbit?
2: Uh, Silver Server comics. Silver Server comics. Silver Server, Thor. Uh, Let's see here. Ghost Rider. Um,
1: All right. Well, well, let's talk about Thor. Everybody knows Thor, right? Yeah. The handsome devil with the big muscles and the big hammer. So... How does he differ right. from a to now?
2: Oh man! In the, the book
1: universe versus the movie,
2: that character went through so many like iterations and so many changes. Uh, you know, I think initially he was a boy when when they first came out with him. He was scrawny looking too. Was uh, he Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it's... in Journey Journey into Mystery, and he he wasn't like this big like. Hulk that he is now. Uh, This hulking hunk. Yeah, I feel comfortable saying that. He's a handsome guy. He is a handsome
1: guy. He is a very
2: handsome guy. I do. Uh, Why not? Yeah, let's all show up at Chris Hemsworth's door. We get, we,
1: we, get, we, get him one, we get him one rose And he has to choose
2: Yeah <laughs> God damn.
1: So, so work, 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 work me forward Through Thor's anthology in, in the books What stands out to you is like The more interesting developments that differ From what your average viewer would know Of Thor So,
2: so when uh, Thor started He had an alter ego that doesn't exist now uh, it was Donald Blake and he was a doctor. He was a doctor. <laughs> when he dropped his hammer, he was no longer Thor and the the hammer would would magically turn into a walking stick that he would uh, I guess like fake a limp. So no one thought the wiser that he was this That's kinda cool cosmic superhero. And yeah, he'd work his day job as Donald Blake and then uh, I guess in the evenings he would uh, he would Thor it up.
1: That's Son a, of a bitch! He Kaiser so yeah,
2: yeah, but uh, eventually they retconned that out and realized like the character's already ridiculous. We don't need to do all the extra stuff. Like he can uh, just be a, a god, and everyone just accept that.
1: <laughs> so uh, you, you mentioned Silver Surfer. Do and I, I haven't worked my way all the way through. Um, like I haven't seen Endgame. Is Silver Surfer in the MCU in the movies now? Not yet. Do you think that you might see Silver Surfer at all, or has it been too has it not?
2: They've already mentioned so. that yeah, the uh, the Fantastic Four are supposed to be making their entry into this next phase post game. So uh, when you talk about the Fantastic Four, you can't help but mention like one of their greatest villains turned uh, my closest ally, the Silver Surfer. Uh, I, what did, What did that look like? It was a three part series. It was issues forty eight through fifty or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Not like you Uh, have it memorized or anything. Yeah, like I like I don't know that. It's uh, It was called the Galactus Trilogy, where Galactus came to Earth and um, basically just started laying waste to everything. He was sucking the nutrients out of the planet, and Silver Surfer was there just to make sure that it all went smooth. You know, not so much helping in the destruction, but just ensuring that his, his master could eat in peace and then move on to the next diner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's just he was the driver, you know. Just um, helping his boss look for the next, uh, uh, I guess, like the next exit ramp. Um,
0: one thing that I was going to throw out there uh, while we're on the, the topic of Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four is that if you think back to Spider-Man Homecoming, Zach, have you seen Spider-Man Homecoming?
1: No, I am two
0: movies behind that
1: Traitor.
2: Okay.
0: In, I, in this online list that i'm working through the wife okay, and i well, did it but then we had a baby so sure well okay well maybe i i shouldn't mention it then i, I don't want to no, give anything no, away please, i'm so. are, are, are you familiar with like stark tower like the big yes, of course tower in new york okay well basically like in in spider-man homecoming they are uh they're like packing shit away they're putting it all in like a big cargo plane and they're moving to the Avengers compound. And I think it's like upstate New York somewhere. Maybe they haven't really hinted at like, Hey, this is going to come into play later. But like, there's been a lot of speculation that the Avengers tower is going to be where the um, fantastic four set up shop when they come into the MCU. So that makes sense. I mean, it's I think for right now, I mean, Michael, you you might have a better idea as far as like if this is more hearsay uh, and just rumors rather than or or if it's like, you know, take it as gospel. Um, They were definitely
2: setting up the entry of the Fantastic Four. I mean, if you read if you read the books, you can kind of see the you can see the groundwork that they're laying down for the next phase. That's definitely going to be uh, the Baxter building. Yeah, I, hopefully that's what they end up calling it, because that was the tower for the Fantastic Four. Right. And and it kind of makes sense that everyone seems to be abandoning this. And then there's a, a secret benefactor that has purchased the building. And right. I mean, how many Marvel super teams have a building in Manhattan? Right. That's yeah. it. I mean, Avengers have their mansion, but I think they put that in upstate New York in the movies. Yeah iron man had stark tower and that would that would be the only logical explanation right so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that and then watching galactus try to eat it hopefully (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, it it definitely seems like galactus is on the horizon like it seems like they just have to keep going up in villain you're like how the hell do they top thanos uh and you know if you if you do a little bit of googling turns out that there are actually villains that top thanos
2: they were barely what? scraping the surface, yeah. Yeah, um,
0: really? which is kind of fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like I, I read through one of those lists of like it, it was like the top ten villains that could beat Thanos or something like that, and I was like, well, um, we are all fucked.
2: <laughs> and you know, and honestly, I don't think Galactus is going to be like the, the titular villain of no? of this next run. I think he'll definitely be in there, but. I think what most viewers are going to realize is that character is not a villain. Mm. It's just uh it's it's complex. They, he just eats planets uh, like the way uh, a bear rips into a log and eats honey, like and unfortunately it upsets the bees, but that's just an established order and that's that's what he eats. He can't help it yeah. and there's no like there's no malice behind it. So they eventually Find ways in the books to lead him to other planets that aren't inhabited, that have the the nutrients that he's looking for. And it always ends up, like, working out well because he doesn't intend to hurt anybody. It's just he's big. He's big and everyone's small and he just doesn't care. Interesting. Much in the way, like, you don't – you're not careful about walking through your lawn to not step on ants. Sure. It just happens.
1: Right. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. That was fucking
2: beautiful. Oh, yeah?
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: That was. That really was. Let's all go take a shower together. <laughs> I'm great. glad
2: that we're at this point in the show. Let's just get all of our mics. What's <laughs> oh, the worst that could happen in the shower?
0: <laughs>
1: right. I mean, that was that was a beautiful description. Thank you. Yeah,
2: but I think like if you're talking about like a Thanos level villain for the next phase, Kang the Conqueror. If yeah. I, if I had to if I had to guess what would be the next big villain, that would be it. Hmm. That's the one that makes sense to me.
1: Who is that, and where does that character
2: come An from? Interdimensional being that jumps across multiverses and just I like, conquers them, conquers them, and, and, and makes them to his liking. And you've already seen towards the end of Endgame... People messing with the multiverse, people messing with timelines and not really seeing the repercussions of that because they're busy beating Thanos. Now, in the aftermath of that, I think you could see somebody like that coming around and uh, controlling multiverses. And uh, I believe also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, nerds don't burn my house down, but I think Kang the Conqueror (laughs) is the son of Tony Stark. No way the future son of tony stark in a timeline separate from
1: oh from others
2: but there is one where he is the son of tony stark and Hmm. we could end up i guess seeing tony stark come back technically
0: wow
1: i just went cross-eyed yeah trying to put that together
2: it's complicated yeah no shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think his son becomes iron man and then becomes kang which i think everyone will be happy to have him go to kang because i think when he was iron man he was called iron lad <laughs> I mean, I iron why, Lad. i don't it, know why he changed that i like that name
1: <laughs> it really just it doesn't ring the same does it
2: i don't know it sounds more macho it, it's
0: it's very royal
2: <laughs> very yeah. royal fam- i'm
0: an iron lad
2: I am iron lad.
0: I am going to have a sport of tea and then punch you in the testicles.
2: <laughs> you guys have been being very naughty.
0: <laughs> Any, anything uh,
1: anything nagging on you, David? Anything about the uh, I- MCU? I brought, you, I brought you a Michael Painter. He's a veritable sounding board of pretty much anything you could possibly want to know. Sure. Hey, anything hanging in your mind that you were curious about?
0: I, I typically don't do a whole lot of like speculation when it comes to the, the future of, uh, especially comic book movies. Um, but you know, just franchises in general, but like the MCU uh, while I'm in the movie, like, you know, watching it or, you know, the reading about upcoming movies or just anything involving, you know, the, the franchise, I, I just turn my brain off and let it sink into my brain like a dumb, dumb idiot. (laughs) because (laughs) like if if i let my brain fire on all cylinders then it's going to try and figure things out and i'm not trying to give myself credit where i like figure things out like all the time but like i'd much rather be surprised um by by things that happen naturally when i want you know, if I didn't think about what's going to happen, so you know, while while it is fun to do like a little bit of speculation, like what I was saying about the Fantastic Four, like that's kind of fun, especially about the things that I might not be super attached to. Um, like I mean, I, I did dig the Fantastic Four, but like Captain Marvel, like she's kind of my jam. Um, and Spider Man, like he's always been. You know, like you said earlier, like he's kind of been one of my one of my favorites for a really long time. And I cosplay as Spider-Man from time to time, which is on a whole other level. level. Um, You know, Iron Spidey suit.
2: I support (laughs) Um, your life
0: choices. (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate that. At at Um, least you're not LARPing. Larping oh. I mean I've never done it but like it kind of <laughs> sounds fun like it, yeah. if someone invited me like I might go like it it yes, it's completely ridiculous but like what we did as kids was like hit each other with foam swords and like we would unravel like wrapping paper so we could get get to the the paper tube and like hit our brothers uh, with it <laughs> and, and like and that's what we did and you know like we grew up to be adults so we could do that for fun in our off time. You know what? I I talk shit, but if somebody
1: gave me a suit of armor and asked me to go sword fight as a knight, as a Renaissance festival, I would be down to fucking (laughs) clown. Right. Like in the best way. So I really can't talk shit about people who LARP like dungeons and dragons used to be like the bastion of nerddom, right? You were, you were the pinnacle of nerddom if you were a dungeons and dragons player, but then LARPing became a thing. Right. Right. And that's like, that's like the new pinnacle. I don't, I don't know of anything that's more of a nerd metal than out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. And like people like there's incredibly thorough sub genres and, and sub things of of LARPing where like, I I mean, I have a couple friends on Facebook that, that LARP and it's kind of fascinating to learn everything about everything that's involved. Like, and there's like themes with LARPing. There's like, you know, fallout themes and, um, uh, you know, oh, your traditional awesome. like, like uh, <laughs> Renaissance festival kind of themes. Sure. Uh, uh, there's, there's just a lot of stuff out there. So um, and, uh, to me, like I'm a Ravenclaw. So, you know, I, I like to learn shit and uh, <laughs> it, it's just kind of fascinating to, to learn about that stuff. Like I said, I don't know if I'd ever like personally like throw myself into the mix, but if someone invited me to like maybe go take pictures or just to kind of like you know, sit on the sidelines and watch or, or something. Sure, sure, be sure, there. sure. May- you know, I- Maybe maybe one of your Facebook friends invites you to come and take
1: pictures and you're there and you're, you're on the sidelines of the fray and a tennis ball rolls up to your knee as you're sitting on the grass. And then you pick it up and you just <laughs> lightning bolt
0: and throw it right, <laughs> at somebody
1: right in the fucking face. And then you're I in it. That's how you I- get in it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I thought you were about to describe like one of the scenes of Field of Dreams right there, When <laughs> um, your like,
1: dad comes out of a cornfield. Right,
0: like <laughs> Ray. It's always been baseball. <laughs> <laughs> be like, God <laughs> damn it, James Earl Jones! You make me fucking cry every time. He made everybody cry, and, and yeah. since
1: you said that, um, you said I'm. You're a what? You're Ravenclaw? Is that what, is that what you <laughs> the test? Yes, because I'm did. a super nerd. Right. Well, you know, I used to be a Slytherin, but. I cried while watching Coco, and my wife was like, you can't be a Slytherin anymore.
0: <laughs> hey, Slytherins can cry. I mean, not all the time, but... Well, now, well, now I'm Hufflepuff, so... D- did you actually take the test, or did she just make you an honorary Hufflepuff?
1: Nah, she just beat me until I said it.
0: Okay, well, if you w- ever want to know for sure, 100%, the best way is to go to Pottermore.com.
2: I did And take that. the
0: test there. Did you? Yes. Where, where did they, uh, they put you I was in?
2: Gryffindor, but I wanted to be Hufflepuff.
0: Really? Okay.
2: And my wife and I, we we uh, she's read all the books. I'm up to Order of the Phoenix. We've been to Harry Potter World. We did the uh, Ollivander experience, got the wands. We even nice. got our, like, the... Uh, the yeah. non-character versions so yeah. like the the ones that uh, were just like unique to your i guess your your spirit mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I i got my wand up here behind me I actually uh, i got luna lovegood's one she, oh, cool. she was my favorite character she was my favorite character in the books and the movies, yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah she's awesome um she's uh i think she was in ravenclaw um but she was yeah uh yeah that's i yeah that's one of the reasons why i liked her so much <laughs> wait Was she I, Was she Gryffindor? I'm pretty sure she was Ravenclaw. That's that's kind of why she was a little bit of a side character. Yeah, um, you, I think you're right. I think she was
1: Ravenclaw. I'm thinking about that scene in the movie where she's wearing, like, that giant fucking lion head where she's pulling for
0: Gryffindor. Oh, right. Match. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. cracks me up with just, like, the random shit that she does. I'm like, I dig you because, like... I feel like we would be friends in high school. Just I was friends with like the weirdest people. Um, And looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because I was a weird people. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, that's why I was drawn to her. I was like, you're
1: fucking out there. And I was kind of fucking out there, too. And I I, I, yeah. I, had no idea how to express that growing up in the fucking religious fundamental Bible belt, going to a school, <laughs> trying to survive. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know how it was. To, i do uh, because i went to catholic high school um so yeah, yeah not not only was it in the bible belt but it was the bible school in the bible belt Ugh. Yeah, yeah i just looked it up yeah. it
1: was uh, it was ravenclaw she was ravenclaw cool.
2: yeah good i so was no a one's... jock until like last week
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i get chugging football <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah that was me good for you man good i went through a rapid life change yeah, Good get, for
1: fucking you.
0: Getting all the ladies with that Letterman jacket. It's the I could a never right figure out how to put for it on right, though. Did you put it on, like, a straight jacket? Like, well, I thought like that the it arms was... arms out in front of you? Like,
2: I just, like, like how, why does it have pant legs and a kilt? But they're like, <laughs> no, that's a jacket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, well, uh, I, got, I
2: got kicked out, so I started uh, reading comic books, and that's uh, the rest is history. There yeah it, uh, it happens
1: well let's uh l- l- let's bring it in uh just just for a second let's give it uh let's give it a final thought a big idea Michael payne or anything to T is like a final thought to go out on
2: hmm final thought I think that we should watch spider-man homecoming
1: yeah you want to watch spider-man homecoming kind of and right, we can do
2: that you should watch it and
0: then get back to me because that. I think is my favorite Spider-Man movie.
2: Tom Holland of. is the best Spider-Man.
0: He is. Like, there's and, no yeah. argument. Um, yeah, because it's he, all hard. Yeah, because he plays both the character of Peter Parker and Spider-Man uh, the best out of everyone. Like, I think uh, Andrew Garfield was a really good Spider-Man. Um, yes. But to... Uh, jockey for uh to to be a viable a peter parker and then uh toby mcguire was the exact opposite like he was a really good nerdy um peter parker but you know an, an okay spider-man um which I, is I mean,
2: strange to me that, that it took this long to find the right spider-man there's so much content. right
0: yeah, yeah.
2: but uh, where like guardians of the galaxy i'm sorry i read comic books I knew nothing about them before the movie. Oh, yeah. no. I Somehow don't think they knocked did. it right out of the park.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think the... anyone knew much about Guardians of the Galaxy when that shit came out and it just blew all of us away. They're like, what the fuck? Like, they just combined the 80s with, like, space.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, the secret to it all, and I mean, don't quote me. But I think they stole the idea from the Star Jammers. If you ever read any books with the Star Jammers, that's the Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's an X Men group. Uh, Uh, The the leader was Corsair, Uh, looked a lot like Star Lord now. It was Mm. uh, Cyclops' father from the X Men who abandoned him and went to space. (laughs) Well, that's where all the deadbeat dads go. naturally <laughs> as you I, do that's what i tell myself anyways <laughs> right <laughs> you see why you, you see
1: why i picked him
0: <laughs> yes uh he he's got a lot of good information God, uh, and 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 entertaining uh little little side pieces that have kept me rolling this entire episode
2: thank and, you thank you
1: dead ass though
0: um, yeah, dead ass <laughs> david
1: any um any
0: big ideas final thoughts you want to throw out there um, I mean, I would say, you know, if you're interested in reading comics, uh, or, or getting into the comics because you enjoyed the Marvel movies, just fucking do it. Um, you won't regret it. Uh, also make sure you have money like in your account, because if, if you have any sort of addictive personality, you'll just keep buying them. They're mm-hmm. they're literally like books, uh, where, you know, like, like fiction where you go, and buy books even though you clearly know you have unread books at home it doesn't matter like you're still gonna go to the comic book store and like buy the books um and that's that's another thing like if you do decide to go buy please go buy from your local comic book shop. Like yes. one that is locally owned, um, uh, you know, your typical mom and pop shop. Like, you know, if you have to buy from Amazon or like a, a, a big distributor like that, because you just simply cannot find it, like whatever, but like go patronize your local um, comic book shop. Uh, Michael, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with that. It's
2: um, absolutely. I there's, think there's, there's like less than 5,000 brick and mortar stores in the U S. Yeah You um, could
0: be right Yeah but
2: Independently owned uh, Yeah If we don't shop there They're gonna disappear And Yeah I don't know where we'd get them from after that Cause uh, Barnes and Noble doesn't give them the treatment that those places do. You know? no. they're, they're not going to put them up front where everyone can see them. They're going to hide them in, in the back, like in that weird spot right. where you can find like <laughs> organic cooking books where yeah. there's this weird dude sitting back there. You know he's not reading any of those books.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like I... Uh, typically the prices that you'll find there are a little bit more. Um, I mean, so like a lot of the times we'll have like holiday sales or, you know, fire sales where, you know, they're getting new inventory and they need to get rid of stuff to like either make room or, or, for whatever reason. But, you know, I, am usually like happy to pay like a couple dollars more than what I would get a deal from online on Amazon or whatever. Um, just because I know that I'm like helping someone that lives five miles away from me, put food on their table. And, you know, it's just, it's a good feeling, you know, keeps the money in, in your community and, and plus, you know, you're, you're getting comic books out of the deal. Um, so I would do, uh, you know, I guess big picture or final thoughts, I'd say go do all those things with with comic books. Couldn't have said it better myself. I won't even insult you about that, that's, anything. That's bold that. because I didn't say it well at all. So
1: no. <laughs> take the compliment. You said you said it with your heart and that's what matters. Yeah. Said
0: it with my plugs. <laughs> all, all right. Well this is right. fun. You're right. like, I'm never gonna have that a hole on my podcast ever again. No. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll quit wasting everybody's time. Check out David over at the Geek Garage podcast. Um, yeah, he's doing yeah. a lot. Of, he's doing a lot of good work over there. A lot of interesting topics. Anything you want to plug, Michael Painter?
2: Ah, uh, not at the moment. Do you have mm. Do you have an Instagram? You should plug that. Uh, uh, I, I do. I, I. What do I call it? It's just Michael Painter, right? I am so <laughs> bad at self promotion. <laughs> <You know>, you- <laughs> <laughs> do, do you i mean do you just like follow your, my voice <laughs> do,
0: you, do you put your any of your artwork on on instagram or is oh it, yeah uh, yeah okay.
2: i uh but i guess you can just look up my name michael painter uh, yeah. and don't follow the pop singer because that does exist and this is this is serious Yeah. Uh, oh. when i got on facebook and instagram i didn't realize that there was a michael painter in australia <laughs> He's a pop singer. He's a very good pop singer. I'm not that guy. And I would get all kinds of private messages, people asking me, are you really Michael Pater? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> took me a bit. I figured it out, though. Uh, yeah, not not the same guy.
1: That's uh, Last that's name funny. spelled uh, spelled how?
2: Exactly the same.
1: Yeah, P-A-Y-
2: P-A-Y-N-T-E-R.
1: Just for people who they try to search. Yeah,
2: in. I spell it all pretentious like.
1: It's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'm going to call it there, guys. Uh, Go out there. If you made it this far, God bless you. Uh, (laughs) Be kind to one another. Go easy on yourself, for God's sakes. You're doing just fine. Um, We out. David, what? what's the first rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. Welcome to the bonus track. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist.
2: The after hours where things get
0: you know,
2: a little more sultry.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm going to go pour like all the rum into my cup.
2: <laughs> do, <I> it. Started, <laughs> do it. Do I, it,
0: do <laughs> it. I picked this up. Um, do you remember when they came out with
1: these? Whenever uh, Game of Thrones ended? What in the flying fuckstick is that? It's a the Johnny Walker, Johnny <laughs> it's Walker brand. Wolf juice. <laughs>
0: I want some
2: wolf juice. <laughs> this shit made me put my head through a wall. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, it's a Johnny Walker. They came out with a, a song, yeah. a song of ice and a song of fire as promos for the Game of Thrones finale, obviously. Well, they had it at a BJ's, which is like a Costco or a Sam's for like right. 18 bucks. And when this shit came out, it was like 40 bucks. Hell so yeah. this, is, this is obviously very old whiskey, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets better with age, right? It's scotch.
0: No, uh, I title, mean, so. yeah, like uh, Lagavulin, uh, if you get on their website and look at their Uh, aged um, whiskeys, like some of them are past 30 years, I think like 30, 60 years, maybe I, I, it's a lot. So yeah, I don't think there's an expiration date on alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: think think the expiration date is like the selling point. Yeah. Yeah, You want it to get old.
0: Yeah. I
1: I got one for you that I've been, uh, I've been sitting on. I was going to slide it into one of these bonus tracks here. So I was, I was on a flight, that's probably this is probably months ago. But the flight attendant comes up to me and tells me the story of a, a passenger we had who we we were up at altitude, just cruising, right? No, no turbulence, no anything, so maybe that explains why this person felt this way. But they flag down the flight attendant who's doing service, and this person asks the flight attendant, why have we stopped moving?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did that person eat a pop brownie? <laughs> Why? Why? Why have we stopped? <laughs> it's just
2: like we ran out of gas. <laughs> that was one, of, that was one I, of the better ones I had. Heard. I would have leaned into that one.
0: <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> why have we stopped? That that sounds like something that like someone would eat like a pot cookie and then go get on an airplane and be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to see what happens and be like, Oh my God, we're in fucking space. I,
1: I, I read, I read an article once. I don't know if it was like a fake article, if it was one of like those no name sources. Right. But I, I read this article where a passenger gets on board and they brought like cookies or something for the flight crew. And it turns out it was like pot brownies or pot cookies Classic. and, and the flight crew ate it and that can end somebody's job. So I am so scared and so skeptical. it take, anything that's handed up in the flight deck that's that's like food wise you know unless it's sealed in a package like i won't take it
0: oh yeah no that that's a good rule of thumb just in general like <laughs> you, for you, anyone
1: you, you would be surprised like how many passengers bring like treats and stuff uh for the flight crews whether it be the flight attendants or the pilots really? yeah but they're not like sealed package it'd be like homemade stuff sometimes which is nice or it could be like candies wrapped in like those foil things maybe they're like the right. fucking old person candy you buy they're in like little foil wrappers but like unless it's sealed i am scared to death to take anything from anybody
2: You're just like better. like guy walks into the into the the cockpit and big <laughs> muscly guy with a scar across his face i like, brought you cookies <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to where there's original i got it from my biker gang <laughs> i trust D- the guy
0: did uh did I tell you about our OK Boomer grab bags at Galaxy Con? Oh, oh, no. So when, when we went to Galaxy Con back in uh, November last year, um, it was in Louisville. We, uh, my co-host Ted, he had the brilliant idea, just out of nowhere, to make OK Boomer grab bags. Now it's like <laughs> I'm listing, and <laughs> and of of course this was the right smack dab in the middle of the OK Boomer like meme sure Uh, up uprising and and so it was like a perfect meme to play off of in in like a social context like that and we included a business card because who the fuck carries business cards we do and old people um and we also included in the little baggie a Werther's original and one of those strawberry candies that have no name Um, apparently they're also called like church candy because like people at church have them and they're like would you like a little candy <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, it's something you get from grandma and you're just like, where the fuck do these come from? And like, we had a fucking blast, like giving those out. Cause people just love, they're like, Oh my God, you had these candy? Like, where did these come from? And we had like a running joke that we, we told, we had to get our grandparents to order them for us because like, you have to be 65 and over in order to buy the candy. And like these little kids, like, you know, like teenager, uh, they're, they're they're like, oh, my God, really? I was like, fucking no. Like, <laughs> we're just joking. <laughs> we had to go through some Mexican back channels.